You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. You are listening to The Mando Show, a podcast of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian and all things Star Wars. This week, we take a look at Chapter 4 of The Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. everybody and welcome back to the mando show we're mixing things up doing things a little bit differently uh, recording remotely um so instead of going around the table uh let's start off with introductions to the lower left corner of me that's derek oh is that me okay <laughs> that's, that's not, you <laughs> not paying attention to what the what what we all look like on the screen uh anyway this is uh derek Alvarado, father of two tattoo artist and star wars fan for life what we look like is a hodgepodge brady bunch and uh below me booty alvarado podcaster and star wars fan okay and directly across from me five show joe unapologetic star wars fan thank you and a fellow podcaster yes and I'm Chad, the resident Mandalorian, and today we are looking at Chapter Four: The Gathering Storm. Ooh, <laughs> going to be a serious storm too. Yeah, not much changed when it comes to writing credit. Again, John Favreau. I don't think anybody's really surprised with that. Uh, director, we have a first-time uh, introduction into the Star Wars world for Kevin Tantron. Um, he has a lot, his biggest credit looking at all his credits or his most lengthy credit was he's directed, I believe, 16 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, oh, wow. For, for me, I know him from Mortal Kombat Legacy, which we talked about in our pre, like the Book of Boba Fett pre episode, um, because I really enjoyed the Mortal Kombat Legacy little series he put together. Um, I think he did a great job. I really enjoyed this episode. Um, the directing spin he put on it, I, it made it played out like Book of Boba Fett. I, watching the entire time i wasn't distracted by much of anything else i don't really have any any negatives when it comes to directing uh did you guys have any thoughts no i thought it was a great directed episode i really enjoyed this episode actually i'm it made me super excited for what's coming next um yeah it was a good episode uh you could feel the uh a uh, tonal shift a little bit but overall i mean nothing major yeah, and I think it carried the same theme that all the other episodes have where regardless of the runtime, it never feels long and it never feels short. I feel satisfied at the end of it, no matter how long it is. Um, how long was is, this one? Uh, almost 50 minutes. Yeah, I think, minutes it was, I think it was like 47, 49 minutes. Ballpark. So, um, yeah, kind of like a typical typical uh, TV episode. And he's done a lot of TV shows. I'm looking at his credit list right here. I mean, it's on of TV shows. Yeah, he, he's got sense. a lot of single TV show credits where he'll like direct one episode yeah, um, yeah. on a series. Um, so we begin in a flashback. Looking time-wise, I'm thinking maybe this is one of or could be the last flashback we have of the series. Um, 
I mean, obviously, if, if you're listening to this and you're watching the show, hopefully you've seen season two of The Mandalorian. So we know that Boba Fett uh, locates Din Djarin on Tatooine, tracks down his Boba Fett uh, Mandalorian armor. And when it comes to flashbacks, it's, there's not much left between where we left in this episode and getting there. So I don't know what else we really need to flashback to see at that point. Yeah. Um, finding but, the Jawas. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but this uh, this does cover in the flashback how Boba Fett comes across Fennec Shan, where we mm-hmm. learned in uh, Mandalorian Season 1 on Tatooine, she's left for dead by Derek's favorite Star Wars character of all Ugh. time, Toro, Toro Calican. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool scene. He's Boba's just chilling in the desert, and then you see the, the flares go off in the distance. I did not recognize what it was at all right away. Oh, I did. Yeah, I saw him like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I want to go go see what that is. I want to know what that is. And it it took me way too long to figure out that that was when they <laughs> yeah. were charging her and sending the flares out to a blinder scope. I did not pick yeah. up on that at all. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it took it. I took it. Took, it took, sorry, we're going to step over each other a whole bunch of times in the, on this well, uh, episode here. So uh, I thought it was really interesting that he was sitting there uh, scoping out Jabba's palace. Um, to see if you can get his ship when those flares go off. And if you, if you paint attention, you know, when bringing the two uh, series together, uh, Mando showed, so she got shot in, in the daytime when the sun comes up, right? The flares go off at night. Boba Fett sees the flares and decides he's going to head on that direction on his Bantha. Um, and in Mandalorian, she gets shot in the morning right when the sun's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Mando shows up on the dewback later in the day, ends up leaving, and when Boba Fett shows up and finds her, it's at night. So it took him a whole day of traveling on that Bantha to get to where she was at. So I thought that was really interesting amount of time. It just shows just how far and slow a Bantha will travel. But how far away he was when he's when those flares showed up at, at night too. So, I mean, I just I just liked how they how they put that all together like that. So, yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I uh, it took me the second flare when that second flare popped up. I'm like, oh, that's Din and Toro, and they're going after Finnick. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Now we get that flip to that tease we got in the in the Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, no, it was, that didn't really, um, the time it took really didn't hit me until you just said, it. I'm like, oh, that's right. Huh? It did take him a while to get all the way over there because even in that shot, it didn't seem that far away. But yeah, this was miles and miles clearly uh, that he, you know, jumped on the bath and went for a, a long ride. Yeah, but it was very cool. Um, it, it got me hyped because I'm like, okay, here we go. Now we're, we get that feel, the merger. Um, coming in especially with you know it being called you know whatever book of mandalorian or uh the mandalorian 2.5 i'm like here we really go you know finally here we are four episodes and we're maybe now getting the flavor of the combining of both yeah so boba picks up fennec and couldn't get away from him takes her to some freaking mods we see those stupid (laughs) cherry colored speeders 
all those characters there's the one with like the two things on his eye and he like twists it like oh look who that is and i was just like god i wish some character would just come by and rip those out of his eye socket right now <laughs> why are you uh, hating on the mods so much man <laughs> i just they don't fit in on tatooine at all like they well, do fit- not they do not belong there um but it's convenient that it's casually worked into the story because that's how it saves fennec shan's life yeah well um, she's a mod now too yeah well yeah no and i agree with you chad that they are um that scene while i understand the whole thing it was abrupt in the shift like you go from the desert and all that and then you go into the mods and everything is shiny and bright and the music is loud and thumping and i'm like i kind of i i didn't like i that was like a minor gripe of mine is i didn't like well, maybe that's too strong a way. The, the scene, it was like kind of like, eh, for me, I understood what we were doing, what they were doing, but I'm like, I, I could, could we have done that without the loud, thumping techno music? Could we have done it maybe a little more down and dirty because we're on tattooing? Mm-hmm. Small gripe, but it just, it is kind of a, a, a shock, like, you know, like we talked about before with the Vespa gang, you know, bright and shining, so polar opposite from everything we know of tattooing. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of jarring for me. So I need, I need to give you guys my perspective on this one because I felt like they were walking into a star Wars version of a tattoo shop. Very much, um, very much so. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would it, know that. Yeah. It felt like that to me when I, when I first saw it, you got, you know, you got your undesirables or your, your possible quote unquote undesirables that are hanging out in an area. And you know, it, it the only thing that was bright and shiny were the mods that were being getting put into them and the equipment that the guy was using. I'm 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 actually have it up on the screen right now, and I'm looking at it. Um, the actual building itself is not bright and shiny. There's no yeah. way that you would think that's like a place where people have parts of their bodies opened up and things done to them. So, uh, wa- watching that, it kind of it it kind of feels that way to me. Like it's very much a tattoo shop feel, especially if you're talking about more old school tattoo shops, because the, the surrounding area, like the walls and stuff may not look like they're fantastic or whatever, or the decorations may look like old and, and not very cool, but the equipment that's used to do the procedure is all very clean, very new, very precise. And the guy doing the work very much enjoyed doing his work. <laughs> Uh, did so you that uh, was, did you happen uh, to catch that cameo? Who that is? No, I no, I don't know who that guy is. I knew he had to be somebody, but I have no idea. I I, I mean, like, is. yeah, it, it's a it's a I would I would call it a stretch to call this a cameo, but his name is Steven Bruner, Steven Thundercat Bruner. Um, he's a popular bassist uh, originally for the band Suicidal Tendencies, which I'm sure <laughs> oh, at least really? I, I know of them. Um, more oh, recently, yeah. he does R and B. He's a solo performer performed with Kendrick Lamar, but uh, started with suicidal tendencies, so that was—I guess you could call it a fun hmm. little cameo. Oh, yeah, oh, that's I, cool. Now, now that you mentioned that, that is a total tattoo shop. That total—I totally get that. A hundred percent, I see that mm-hmm. as a tattoo shop. And even though it's funny that because tat, tattoo shops always seem to show up in places, you're like, why is there a tattoo shop there? It seems <laughs> not like the right place for one for there to be one, and yet there's one there. So, to me, to me, this felt the only thing was was I still have a hard time when any music that's like techno music comes on in star wars 
you know, because we're so used to all the all the orchestrated music and all that stuff. But we're listening to a soundtrack of a show. We're not listening to, to music that they could possibly be really listening to, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Max, who shows up later, you know, Rebo, like we're that's the kind of stuff we're used to hearing, you know, not this not music that sounds like this. So the fact that it, that it shows up, I think for us old school Star Wars fans, that's why it's kind of hard for us to swallow that that's even in there because it's so completely different from any music we've ever heard in star Wars, but it makes sense to me. Like when, once I just get past it, I'm okay with it. And it just makes me giggle because again, tattoo shop feel loud music thumping. You just got people who are being themselves, however they want to be in there. So I kind of identified with this scene a little bit to say the least. Did you have a point? Well, no. Uh, so I ask actually more for clarification. So you're you're saying that you don't think that that music was either in the scene that everybody was listening to or like soundtrack? No, the music was definitely what they were playing in. That OK. Scene. Yeah. No, it's not sound. That was not soundtrack music. It okay. was muffled when he walked up into it. I'm just saying yeah. for us, we're used to the music. The music we're used to listening to when we're watching Star Wars right, okay. is not techno music. So when yeah, we no. hear it, it's kind of hard for us to, to to be okay with it. So yeah, at least no, from my I, point I, of view, that's how that's how I. No, feel. I'm with you 100 on that. Yeah, the the what's the technical term for that, Joey? Diegetic music, diegetic music. I think is what it is. Yeah, when they separate score from in story music or yeah in in world or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah so in our but next yeah, scene, yeah. we get go ahead dialogue from fennec and boba and i won't dive into all of it but do you think that answered all the questions you had so in the in the last couple of weeks i've been talking about all the questions and issues i've had that have been unanswered in the series so far why did boba stay where's his ship and I think the fan base at whole, especially the people who gripe with the show, is why is Boba now this kind of a softy and not the hardcore bounty hunter that he was? I think this episode kind of tied up all of those, put a period stamp on it. This is it. This is what the show is. And what's your guys' take? No, I agree with you 100%. He answered all those questions. And, and uh, another part that I can uh, totally identify with is you get sick of working for other people when you know that you can do the job better. You get so. sick of working for stupid other people. <laughs> right. Keyword. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I find it I, I find it interesting because yeah, I, I've heard, you know, the gripe about and even Finnick, you know, makes that comment about like, oh, you being with the uh Tuscan has made you soft. And yeah, I mean, part of me I feel kind of I I I felt that from her. I'm like, yeah, I feel like uh, he isn't the tough guy. Because, I mean, we, we, we talked about it before how, you, you know, Darth Vader pointed him out directly, no disintegration. And so why the shift? I, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm passively satisfied with his explanation because I'm kind of, I guess there's that part of me that is feeling like maybe he's going to flip and go back. And maybe go, I've evolved, but now I'm going to be that one guy who I know better now when to turn it on and when to turn it off. I think that'd be cool. Like, yeah, I'm not the the hothead 
that is going to break out, you know, and and disintegrate people at the drop of a hat. But don't think that I won't. You know what I mean? So I, I, I find it interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like sitting here waiting to go, okay, what are we going to get next episode in his character development? So yeah. people griping, I, I guess I kind of understand it because I kind of share that gripe, not too much. Because we got to recognize that we're getting um, a more of a development of Boba Fett in general. He's not Boba Fett from Empire and Return anymore. He's been through all that he's been through. So, of course, the character has to develop in some form. So, yeah, for the people griping, I kind of get it. But I'm like, everybody, again, hold on. Let's keep on going. I totally agree. And it kind of gets to the point where... um... You know, so we're we're so used to him being the one man that by himself the whole time, but you know him finding the importance of being a part of a tribe, being a part of a group, and the way he's building his own tribe, and even the we see the more he's building later on in this episode, we'll get to it later, but you know the the importance of you know building your people, building your tribe, and yeah. You know, I think it's pretty funny that uh, people have an issue with how both its character is developing, considering we had the only real development we had uh, uh, of Boba Fett or even idea of what his character was like was the very few minutes that we had of him in Empire Strikes Back. So the fact that there's this huge expectation that he's just this monster of a dude that goes around and just disintegrates everybody that comes across, he comes across, it just... It, it cracks me up, you know, these preconceived notions of what he's supposed to be when we've had so little of him. I, I don't understand it. That's maybe that's why I'm enjoying the show as much as I am, because I didn't think that he was anything in particular than a bounty hunter. And if anything of watching the Mandalorian, the two seasons of, of him is we have two seasons of learning that just because somebody has a reputation of something doesn't mean that that's what they are. And I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this already. So the fact that the, the griping even continues, just it, it, I don't get it. Well, I think one, one factor is going to be that we're looking at the character in what we've had as far as screen, you know, we've had him in empire return and, you know, Mando now, but there are other media that he that that character has been brought, you know put in so video games comic books stories so the character has been more fleshed out even though we haven't seen him on screen so i get the feeling that that is where more people are coming from that the fact that well you know in this book here or that comic book he was more like yada yada so I think the gripes are either are, are like most people who gripe. It's just their idea of like, well, this is what Bobo would do. I'm like, are but you're not in charge of that character and people change. So you may not like the, the, the change in him, but so what? I mean, it's the character. And so, like I said, there, I get your point, Derek, that, you know, for the limited, screen time if we only look at that part of it then yeah i'd be like why are you complaining but there's a little bit more out there the character but again for me i'm like just let it keep on rolling we're only we're halfway through so just let it keep on rolling because i i like i i i like the the kind of the path that we can kind of see like okay i like where we're going interesting not quite what i expected but i'm okay with it and i like how Bobby even acknowledges it you know i'm not as fearful 
without my armor as I used to be with it. Like she's like, why don't you just walk in and get your starship? Like, what what am I gonna do? I don't have my armor. They're not gonna respect me. They're gonna kill me. Um, and it just makes him more or less of that two dimensional. Mm-hmm, just nod, and you just see the T visor. Just just nod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little little tap of tap of the blaster, and you're like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, yeah, there's there's more to being alive than that. So sorry if you can't handle that. Well, the other yeah. thing that I liked too was how he showed his, um, his affection for the Banta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, clearly he's got, he's, he's like a dog guy. You know what I mean? He's like someone that mm-hmm. likes to have pets. So anybody who is that kind of a person to me has way more depth than just somebody that goes around blasting people, you know? Um, it, Cause it takes a lot of, emotional investment to take care of any kind of animal be it mm-hmm. a riding animal a pet or anything like that so the fact that that's in there should be a cue for people to to understand that there's a lot more to boba fett than just a bounty hunting blaster guy you know so anyway no i, I totally agree totally totally agree with that go make baby bantas Right. <laughs> Go wander the Dune Sea. Yeah. There's there's a lot of great quotes in this episode. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool tools too. Um Fennec is just she's got better gadgets than the Batman does at this point. Um her little ping pong sized uh, reconnaissance drone mm-hmm. and that that torch she had. Oh, that was cool. Like how how do more people or more characters in Star Wars not have that can I get one of those? I, re- I re- yeah, I really want one of those. I, can can I please have one of those, please? I I'd, I'd like to have mm-hmm. one of those, please. Yeah, no, that was great. She had some really cool stuff. I had such a <laughs> sorry. I'm gonna digress. I'm gonna show my my nerd side here real quick. I had such a flash of um a video game role play a role playing video game with this where you as a main character have to invest in some NPC. Um. And you have to like put down a ton of money and go through all these problems to get them on your side. But once you do, they prove to be more invaluable than anything else that you could possibly get. And I just kept thinking of it in video game terms, like a role-playing game terms of how Boba Fett got lucky and found this incredibly valuable NPC that's going to make the rest of his game so much easier (laughs) to do. And that's all I kept seeing like, for the rest of the episode. That's all I kept seeing is like Fennec Chen is the best NPC you could ever invest. Yeah. In. To, for all you, for all different sci-fi nerds to relate, this is like in Mass Effect 2. You, the first mission you do is you go rescue Archangel because Garrus Vicarian's your BFF in the yep. entire series. Um, and they may, still, yep. they, may, they make it into Jabba's palace. They're going to steal back the fire spray. Um, what is up with that General Grievous kitchen droid? <laughs> <laughs> that was so hilarious that was awesome i mean at first i liked the the cameo by the uh droid from return of the jedi but then the yeah. the, the knife field and kitchen droid just totally stole the show oh yeah uh, i even liked the little the little rabbit looking droid with the rat yeah. yeah when when boba finally catches him he's like do you know who i am and he just boop, turns himself off yeah he's so scared he 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 decided to shut down i'm gonna shut down my i'm gonna shut myself down i'm out oh man that was See, good that, that whole scene that's like comedy done it comedy in star wars done well 
Like it, it right. kind of fit. Like you weren't expecting it. It's a little bit on the ridiculous side because it's droids doing it. It's it's totally plausible, and and it didn't like go on too long. Like that chase of the rat catcher droid almost went too long. Yeah, it's getting right to the point where I was like, "Okay, this is getting a little too slapstick." Okay, good. But the way the the way it finished totally made it though. Like, oh yeah, I, I died when he hit the little button and just turned <laughs> yeah. himself off. He's like, like "I need perfect. to just be out of here." Yeah, that was great. Um, I, there's not much else to say about that scene. They steal the slave one. They make it out of Jabba's palace. Um, that was a great fight. What yeah, are you talking just, about. I mean, Fen- oh Fennec gosh. shows how invaluable she is, but we yeah. already knew, we already knew that. Like. I, I didn't learn much more about how much Fennec Shan kicks everyone's butt. Oh, but it's so fun to watch her do it, though. I do enjoy that. I've always liked watching Ming Na do the action scenes that she does, um, all, going all the way back to to Agents of Shield and all the all the seasons of her in there doing that. She's always been really fun to watch do the action scenes. So watching her do this different. I mean, there's still some shooting and stuff, but she still got to do some of that old school just just kicking some butt and kicking some alien butt which was which was fun to watch so and she totally saved his bacon and got the door open like the whole thing was great i i really enjoyed that scene a lot we uh we do suss out one of the other red herrings of the book of boba fett in this episode the biker gang uh has been a red herring all along because they got yeeted across the sands of tatooine (laughs) that scene (laughs) that scene was uh, amazing that was so awesome. You you just see it slowly come into view in the back. You're like, oh, this isn't fair. This is so unfair. Yeah, you have that ominous. You see, you see the slave one just kind of come into the screen, and they're like, I'm like, oh no. See, and, and I think that episode kind of, or that scene rather, shows you that Boba Fett, even though he has evolved, he ain't afraid of tapping into that old Boba and just like, I'm gonna take you out if you. Go if you make me go there, I will go there. No problem. So yeah, that that whole thing and there's you know they have zero chance, yeah. zero chance of even getting away. And you know no regret, no remorse. Kills them all and then like flies away. We're done. I'm yeah, done. Then we, also, good. we also My, find out that the life debt isn't as big as we thought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you know he's like, all right, you're free now. And she's like, well, where are you going? And he told her, oh, Mal Sespa. And he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll basically hang around for the ride. And so she's just hanging on for the ride, pretty much. Yeah. So my son, when when he came through, when uh, Boba came in and blasted all those guys, he started cackling. He thought it was <laughs> awesome. It's an eight-year-old, my eight-year-old son <laughs> thought that scene was awesome, watching all those guys getting yeeted across the, the, the dunes. He was just, he was loving it. So it was such a great scene. Yeah, I I think the next one stole the show for me for two different reasons. Oh, I know what they are. I knew you were going to love this. this next- I I would watch a million times over a horror movie set in the Sarlacc pit. Like that was right? some amazing cinematography. Just, I mean, just the visual of the of the slave one. I'm sorry, Boba Fett starship flying over the Sarlacc. Call it the slave and, one. And you don't really. Like it looks dead. Like it looks dead, and then they get. It's like that. You get closer and closer and closer, and then bam! It, oh man! Like I wanted to jump if I didn't see it totally coming from a mile away. Um, yeah, there's a jump scare. You know, is going to hit you, mm-hmm. and you still jump. You're yeah. like, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. And right about now, and you still jump up. And you're like, oh man, yeah. What 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 I thought 
when I first saw it right away, I was like, that Sarlacc pit looks a little too moist still. It doesn't look like it's completely dried out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if that thing is dead, why does it look like it's still have some sheen like it should be so dried and crumpled up there's no way that that thing and then and then of course it made more sense or it made sense when i was like oh it's not dead that's why it looks that way okay but then the next part i know chad i know how much you love that mine oh in my notes yeah. s- seismic charges are the greatest weapon in star wars <laughs> 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 just as, as soon as it lashed on i was like do it do it do it do it do it do it i had no idea that's the button she was going for so i was so sad. i was like oh 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 chad's gonna love this <laughs> that's exactly wait wait and then the thoughts that went in through my head yeah and then and then when she like gets that real mean gruff look fire in the hole i'm like yeah. okay cheesy but i i can't help but love it i can't help but love that she yells fire in the hole before it goes off yeah. beyond better was the conclusion of boba don't touch my buttons yeah yeah <laughs> next time don't touch my buttons i'm like really yeah that it was, was good so though great oh my yeah. god and the look she gives them oh my god that's there's so much of this episode that's so amazing i love this episode so much yeah, well, oh, you know, I, I made I made the comment a couple back, like you can tell that they've been going through things and I'm enjoying the fact that we're now seeing what they've been through to kind of develop that rapport that they're, they have now and clearly they're going to need to continue with, you know, with his endeavor to, uh, you know, be the crime boss. So, yeah. The daimyo. The daimyo, yeah. So that brings us back to present day, uh, Boba fully healed back to tank did his job the the acid or whatever from the zarlac the sun damage from walking in the desert with the tuscans he's fully healed tomorrow morrison again um just you know obviously old um and he goes out on the town and we see i'm so glad that chrysanthemum's back <laughs> like that's like another awesome scene and they're just throwing great thing after great thing after great <laughs> thing in this episode um, and he's just sitting there, and you can, t- I mean, how do you tell a Wookiee's drunk out of his mind? But you can just see that he's been throwing back way too much to drink there. He's getting jealous that these Trandoshans having so much luck at the gambling table. And what do Wookiees do when you upset a Wookiee? He grabs them by the arms and picks them up. And um, to Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Beale's character, uh, yeah. to her, give her credit, she she tried to talk him down. Um, but Almost. yeah. He got she got half off. He got half off. Yeah. He left one arm. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was great when Boba gives her the look like it was worth a shit. It's like, nice try. It's worth a shot. Dude, that whole scene, watching him just throw those Trandoshans around. I didn't know that you could get a Trandoshan to look surprised. Did you that first <laughs> one that he grabs and tosses? Yeah. That look of shock on its face was freaking priceless. I don't, I was, after that, I was giggling through the entire fight because it was just watching him just toss everybody around. I was like, oh, this is why I love Wookiees because they I, just pick up everybody and throw them everywhere. They don't even care. I love the one that decided to throw something at the back of his head and he just turned around. Just that look that he had was mm-hmm. like, uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, it felt like he was going to point. He was like, it was that guy. Yeah. Like, don't look at me. No, but yeah, but the... then look. No, go ahead. 
No, no, and then the look of like surprise, shock, terror of the Trandoshan that he actually had up, not knowing like, am I going to have my arm at the end of this or not? Well, you know, we get the answer, no. But you know, yeah. I, I, everything about that scene and this character, man, this guy, this Wookie is quickly becoming a pretty big favorite of mine. I mean, whoever they have it, the guy that's in there, who, what's the name of the the actor that's that's doing a doing that i don't know i'll look it up i'll look it up i keep trying to see in the credits but they don't have him listed there so he's got to be in the uh in that initial role of of actors that they have um but he's doing such a great job like every all all the the things he's doing just the, the the emotion that he's getting across with just the movement of his eyes is yeah pretty freaking impressive let me tell you and then they, you know obviously all the makeup and everything that's going on in there is is doing a, a tremendous job too so hats off to everybody who works on that and and created that character i mean what an amazing looking wookie i'm telling you that's that's he's 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 sh- he's uh he's getting in close to to giving chewy some competition let me tell you which is pretty hard in my book <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the credit for Black Chrysanthemum goes to Kerry Jones. Uh, looking at his IMDb, he has three episodes to his credit so far. Not a lot of acting credits for Kerry Jones, but if you look at his makeup and special effects credits, Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Lovecraft wow. Country, Watchmen, Legion, Twin Peaks true detective hemlock grove like you're talking about some really really good special effect um and makeup shows so that's a really impressive resume um yeah and by far he's stealing the show for me oh uh, um, yeah no hands down and just the whole speech that uh garza flip was mentioning about the gladiator rings and the roar of the crowd and everything and you know basically then being all forgotten and nobody knows your name no more and you know, but then obviously the you've you've run up a big tab, but you know let them go and I'll wipe your debt away. You know, that's when he decides, uh, not quite. Rips arm off, pay my tab, I'm out. Yeah. So <laughs> I love love that. that. So and it, of course, him and Boba, their little look together, just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> the, and the, I'm sorry, just real quick, the fact that he decided to pay his bar tab so he could rip that Trandoshan's arm off Mm -hmm. was priceless. I loved that. That's the way they went with it. I'm like, that's, Oh man, I like this Wookiee so much. That's such an OG move because she's almost like insulting, insinuating like, Hey, you've almost like, can you even pay this tab? And he's like, Oh really rip? Here's your money. Have a good day. Uh, I'm yeah. just happy in the end of it because what happened in this episode, I wish would have happened episodes before in that uh, Chrysanthemum is now under the employ of Boba Fett. And I could yeah. not be more excited. Oh, me too. What an awesome move. Yeah. It's, it's and, amazing. And that meeting scene was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. We finally got that meeting scene. Uh-huh. Well, r- real quick before we move on to that, can you imagine the poster? Boba Fett in his throne. Phoenix Shan and Black Santon. Who wants that art I on their it. wall right now? I want it. Yeah. That's all I oh, need. Yeah. I like, want it. I want don't need the odds. Just on give me face. three of them. I'm good with that. Yeah. And and who's not pictured? Oh, the little rancor in the cage <laughs> below. 
Just get just get like his little claw coming up from the coming floor, out. like we get in this <laughs> like like we saw this meeting. Yeah, that that was that was the best part of this whole meeting. Like I don't really care about any of the meeting because obviously it's just politics. But you know the one um I don't know what race that one was if it was weak weak way or not. Um, but he's like you know why should we why should we listen to you or respect you? And then just the rancor just claws come up from the floor and they all jump up like oh god we're about to be eaten. <laughs> That was great. That was such a that was such a gangster move. That's that I mean, Boba Fett's got he he knows how to how to intimidate. He really does. Yeah. Like everyone keeps thinking he's just going soft. Nah. No. Has that entire palace to hold that dinner meeting or whatever, and they hold it over the trap door to the Rancor pit. That's that's how you leave a subtle reminder to these people. Way and most the, grandes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And of course, they build uneasy truce and alliances, and he doesn't ask them for anything. He just says, if the pikes come to you, remain neutral, and that's all I ask. And he's giving them a lot in return, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, as we're moving on, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about uh, whether the pike was going to be a red herring or not. And, and at this point, they're putting a lot of weight into the, into the pikes. And I really kind of want them to be, I want it to be a red herring, like even more now. You know what I mean? Because even after that meeting, it's all pike, 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 pike. And I'm like, please don't tell me you're trying to build up the pikes to be more than they are. Or maybe as I view them. It's just me. You know, I kind of want the pike to be, now that they're, I feel like now that they're trying to laser focus into the pike, that we don't see the, you know, the right, the right cross come across, you know, over and we're whoever the real, you know, villain or the real person in charge, we're not going to see coming. I'm hoping that is a setup. I'm not going to lie that if it turned out to be that it's really the Pikes. I'm kind of be like, all right, you know, just me, because I really want it to be, you know, out of the blue, like, oh, like we were talking about, you know, uh, being uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name all of a sudden, you know, um, Kira. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, and I get that, but if it wasn't for the fact that we have three episodes left and there's only one season of Book of Boba Fett, at least that's what we've been told. Um, I, I get your your sentiment of wanting there to be another tier bad guy that's going to show up and be the real, real uh, antagonist out of all this. But the fact that sentiment for me is tempered by the fact that this is supposed to be an only uh, a one season thing. We only have three episodes left. If there is another tier of bad guy that shows up, who could it possibly be that's going to matter? You know what I mean? If it's not somebody new, they're going to bring up some new bad guy out of the blue just for Boba Fett to, to cut down and, and that'd be the end of it. Or, are they going to bring in some new baddie that's going to tie into season three of Mandalorian? That's what I think. That, that's going to tie into the I think, Mandoverse. I think we got a clue uh, before we go to that real quick, though. Yeah. I think I think Pikes were looking at like a puppet puppeteer kind of thing. Like Pikes, yeah. get defe- Pikes get defeated on Tatooine, and then in the last scene of the series, like somebody's telling the back of a chair, oh, our Pike Syndicate contacts on Tatooine have been eradicated by a new daimyo named Boba Fett, and then it turns and it's Kira, and she's like, oh, really? Q Black, something like that, you know? 
Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to get that like big reveal of something else. I think you know that we'll probably end with the Pikes, but they're by no means the mastermind behind whatever they're doing. Yeah, no, and 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 I really feel like that would be a great way to end that because again, yeah, you're going to have like the puppet and the puppet master. And there has to be another level because we know that they are developing the universe. So I think we're going to get that. Um, I think it would make the most sense that, you know, they're focused on the pike, the pike, the pike. He's going to defeat whatever he's got, you know, whatever pike syndicate he's got. And then it's going to be all like and turn the page and like, okay, there is the real villain. You know, always. I mean, you, you go back to star wars storytelling in general and we've had that you know you, you know you go to you know the prequel trilogy you had darth maul and then we had you know that and then darth vader you had the emperor you have that that way of telling the story even like you know um even in the mando you had the uh you know the guy the client and then we have you know um the uh, moff uh, gideon so I think we're going to get that. I think that we're pointing or we're leaning in that direction. We're going to get that next level baddie that's going to tie in and continue to move forward into the Mandoverse and into season three. I would yeah, think. I, I think. In- no, I, I I agree, and I don't think we're going to get necessarily the baddie revealed, but we're going to get the syndicate revealed, and that's going to be the big ooh, you know. So. The big ooh, I think, uh, was a little bit of at the end of this episode when we hear the the sound we all come to know and love a- after watching The Mandalorian. It kind of really cements that Book of Boba Fett is like your Mandalorian season 2.5 because Boba says, you know, we need help. And Fennec says, you know where to find it if you're willing to pay the price. And we hear... Mandalorian theme. Heavy, heavy themed wins. Hev- mm-hmm. Heavily implied that Din Djarin and the Mandalorian is coming to the Book of Boba Fett. Even my eight-year-old son picked up on that, like, immediately. He's like, oh, Mando. Like, right away. Right. He might, he might as well have just told us he's in route. Like, there's if he's not in the show at this point, I'm going to be like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Like, Why was that? Yeah. Did somebody accidentally play that audio in the end of this episode? If he doesn't come, like, what did you throw that in for? Yeah. Oh, I hit the wrong track. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I love about Star Wars. Just when they just sneak in any little track reference from something we love. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we recognize it right away. We hear the theme. We know everything. And we're like, oh, man, that that is signaling we're gonna get that so yeah you hear that and i'm like in my ear you know your ears perk up i'm like oh here we go the question now is like do we get him next episode are we gonna go one more you know and then and then then my mind goes through okay we're gonna get him right right how much are we gonna get you know that is the other part is like how involved is he gonna be in 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 the remainder of the season i i don't know i i can't wait to find out yeah, exactly. Well, I think it would I think it would only be fair if he was involved in the rest of the season just like Boba Fett was involved in quite a few episodes of uh, season 2 of Mando. But the the conversation immediately turned uh with me and my my son into wh- how, who else do you think's going to show up with him? 
You think Bo-Katan might show up? You think uh, uh, Grief Grief might show up? Like, how many other people that were involved are going to show up that we haven't heard a thing about? Who who else could be there? What, Chad? What? Hot Does take. he still have the dark saber? Yeah, ah, there's gonna. This is gonna be such a hot preview for season three of the Mandalorian, and it's it's only gonna be so so confusing. <laughs> Because we're going to want all these answers in, in continuity of Mandalorian season three, but we're on a totally different, we're on a totally different phase, different track right now. Um, but yeah, like you said, is do we get Mando and Bo showing up and they're giving each other shade over, you know, the Darksaber? Just, oh my, imagine, imagine the possibilities. I, 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 you know, in, in my geek mind, I go, my Star Wars nerd, I'm like, can you imagine him coming down, whatever, maybe, and maybe we'll get an intro of a new, you know, uh, spaceship that he's in, but, um, but, you know, him walking down and they do a little, a little pan, a little focus, and he's got the dark saber hanging on his hip, you know, I would love to have, I mean, don't need to say anything, you can just visually get that cue. And that would be enough because then it lets us just our mind like oh, he still has it. Just leave what it happened like with that. Bo? Yeah. yeah, what yeah. happened with Boca Ten? What what are we gonna do? Like, oh man, can you imagine just getting that one visual cue? It has to be a, a a second worth of just seeing the hilt hanging on his belt, and you're like, oh my god, here we go. Can can we go into what sit, real quick? Who I want to show up with Mando? I know, I know one of them's not going to happen, but it would be freaking amazing if Cara Dune showed up with them. If Grief showed up, um, Bo-Katan, and was it, was it Wolf? Was that the... the Axe-Wolves. Axe Axe, and right. um, gosh, now that you mentioned, I'm going to... I can't remember. Right. Oh, I can't uh, remember uh, her name Sasha either. Sasha Banks' character's name. Yeah, her character. What if... Can you imagine that? that just those... What is it? Five, six, six of them show up. I take Mayfeld. <laughs> I'll take Mayfeld. Just those six could do. Yeah, would be, hired help. Oh my god! Buy them all. Buy them all. It would be amazing. It'd be almost. It'd be almost equivalent to when all the uh, all all the uh, Mandos showed up when when uh, Din needed help when they all came jumping jumping out of the the covert. Oh, on the sin. it would be like that. I would love to yeah. see that. So I know uh, Finnick mentioned, like, so how's the treasure room doing, you know? And he's, oh, I got plenty of credits. I wonder if that's kind of like a little hint that Boba was there when the Razor Crest was RIP destroyed. And would Boba buy him a new ship to, you know, bring him out? I mean, mm. would you like to see a, a new version of the Razor Crest, or do you, would you like would to see like, Mando already with his own ship already? I would love it if, if he went out of his way and he's like, "No, no, no, I want another Razor Crest." Like, you know, give me a little bit of like, yeah, I found a beat up one and I rebuilt it, and then I'm like, and then we're back. I, I would take that. I would take that. But by the way, uh, the Sasha Banks character is Costa Reef. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, how how great would it be if they've kept that all a secret, though? 
this is why this is why all the spoilers for season two with all that that people were doing bothered me mm-hmm. so much because it deprives you of this amazing surprise that's going to show up. So, you know, the fact that 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 uh, nobody has mentioned that Din might show up in this, maybe it's just a given. I don't know. But nobody has said it. I haven't seen anything about it. Have you guys seen anything about people taking a guess of him showing up? Blah, blah, blah. No. I, no, they've been too busy I, complaining I, I've about I've seen a few. More Morrison. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a few people more theory than, than like, hey, by the way, Pedro Pascal was seen on the set of da 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 da. Right. That's the kind of thing. I've heard, yeah, I've heard more rumor about Gina Carano being on the set of Mandalorian than I've seen anything with Pedro Pascal being on the scene of. On the on the set of uh, Book Book that yeah oh man I'm so excited about this next episode All yeah right. Joey what do we have in the ways of our fan reactions on social media uh nothing because I've been <laughs> sick the last half a week or a week from now and didn't post anything so I apologize um all right do we want to talk about what's actually happened in our small covert of uh mandos this past week yes some good some bad yeah, we would like to see the baby <laughs> yeah so another an- that chad another beneficial reason of us recording remotely is that i now have a young child i have my own little grogu um yeah you're on one added to the covert five yeah, five yeah. days old Man, Congrats, we Chad. are so excited for you, bro. Yes. yes. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him. Can't wait to yeah. meet him. You're lucky that none of you can watch this because I look terrible. <laughs> I look like <laughs> I haven't slept in five days because what, I you always not. look like you, that. You, yeah, no, That's thank you. Like partially true, yeah. <laughs> you look normal to me, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Congratulations to both you guys and the baby. And yeah. There's a new family. baby. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yeah, we're very happy for you, man. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Now, on on the not so good thing, unfortunately, we have one of our one of our covert that's down. Unfortunately, Man the down main, the main the main Mister Editor himself. He's uh he's uh on the ill side, so yeah, we are having to do this remotely. So keeping and, our distance from him because we just don't like being sick. Yes, it sucks. It feels it like the flu, though. It's a it's a heavy flu. Yeah. But on the uh, on the good side of that as well, this recording remotely seems to be working, and so we can continue to bring you our uh, opinions because we know you want them so much. I mean, we can keep talking Star Wars, which is what all we really want to do is we want to watch it, we want to talk about it, we want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I know we got one confirmation from the show, and that is about Chapter Six, and that is confirmed to be written by Dave Filoni. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I know let 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 the mind speculate because usually when the Mandalorians come with Filoni, right? Mandalorians, maybe other Boba, uh, other bounty hunters, and other Jedi ex Jedi, maybe. Who knows? Oh man! So we know he's directing an episode, oh. so he's all probably writing and directing one. And uh, Chad's got a hot take. Yeah. I mean, just your Cad Bane hot take makes so much more sense if Boba Fett's bringing in Din Djarin with the Darksaber. What bounty hunter knows more about taking down lightsaber opponents than Cad Bane? Exactly. No, no one better in the galaxy. 
And when you piss off someone like the Pike Syndicate and who we think they work for, they're bringing the best. I mean, can you imagine how absolutely crazy the fandom will go if Cad Bane pops on screen? I mean, even even the hat, even the hat would be enough for people to just go bananas off the wall. Imagine that. Yeah, if you really wanted to see the Star Wars fandom erupt, that would be the way to do it. Well, we have seen Cad Bane and uh, Fennec Shen go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was an amazing fight. That's the, oh, yeah, that, that was, was great. the highlight of Bad Batch. Hands I down. agree. Easily. Yep. So and, watching and, a rematch in, in, in uh, live action... Oh, oh man! Oh. <laughs> yeah, you beat me. You beat me too. That's exactly where I went because you can have that animosity already built in. Like, oh, they went at it before, and here we go again. And now with Finnick, with Boba being the stakes even higher now because he's a daimyo. All fantastic, and how much tension can be made there? You know. So yeah, the mind just begins to just run wild with possibility man and going everywhere i'm like a kid just running around hopped up on the mountain dude just round and round and round i can't stop yeah i'm like a dog chasing the car i don't know what to do yeah yeah it makes me want to say max hit it yeah if we ever needed confirmation that that is max rebo there you go there it is we got it yeah that was so great i did like that Oh my god! There's so much of this episode. Sorry, I, I I can't I can't stop thinking about it. I can't I can't stop watching it either. I've watched it so many times. Yeah. Anyway, fun sorry. episode. Go, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Much like every episode and just the series in general, it has a lot of rewatchability, and it's because it's just entertaining mm-hmm. from from beginning to end. Um, that was all the notes I had. Do we have anything from you guys that you're really um, clawing to get out? I am continuously impressed at the level of detail that they put in the, in, into this. Um, and I think that's what adds to the, to the rewatchability is because you don't, you don't see something that's like, Oh, well that's dumb. I don't want to watch that again. Just it, watch the scene where Chris Ant, I know we're, we're busy watching him just tear people apart, but if you take half a second to watch the gallery, that's watching the action happen and you see the mm-hmm. amount of detail that's in every single person that's standing there watching the fight unfold. It's amazing. It's amazing. It makes you feel like every single one of those people have a complete backstory, a complete life that just makes sense. And it, it you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that makes such amazing star Wars. I, I love it. I love it. I can't stop watching it. That was it. Uh, and and I, I completely agree. The uh, One of the things I think that make uh, any kind of uh, IP or any kind of program, movie, show is its level of rewatchability. Um, how many movies and shows have we watched and we're like one and done and we're out and we have no real want to go back to it? And having... This, like, yeah, this episode I've seen four times already, I think. So every episode, right now, 
Yeah, see, <laughs> I, I, I watched every episode. Um, you know, I, I'll do my initial watch, and then I do one more re rewatch as a rule just to kind of prepare for the sh for our show here. But then after that, it is just because I'm like, just get back into it. So, yeah, I'm like four, and the fact that we're getting more and we're getting more development and getting more characters and we're getting more uh, enriching the lore overall. I mean, it, it's just so great. And, and I just want people to like, we're getting good stuff, man. Just be happy, man. We're getting good stuff. And, and uh, I'm, I'm super stoked and I can't wait to see who is going to pop around the corner. Like I, I, I'm going to be happy as I'll get out. When and I'm gonna say that we're, when we see Din, we're going to see Din. We're, I mean, I don't, I don't see how we don't see Din Jarn in this one. After yeah. them dropping his theme song, there's no. Oh yeah, I mean you that is a heavy like. Yeah. yeah, you might as well have the guy walking by, with, you know, with a poster board going, and Din is in the next episode. <laughs> I mean, you might as well have just done that. Yeah. Or have a little uh, sky, you know, the plane and tattooing. With a little banner behind it, a little, a little T sixteen Skyhopper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just piggybacking on what you guys—I mean, you guys said everything perfectly. But just the rewatchability re of the, uh, yeah, it's it's like, you know, all we used to have would be like three movies. Then we had six movies. Then you know we had you know more. Six movies. But now, but now we got you Come know <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> But now we got TV shows. We're trying to figure out, you know, oh, you know, just get our <laughs> Star Wars to watch, and you could pick any episode from The Mandalorian or here now, and yeah, it's just just fun to, fun times. Can't wait to see uh, the last three episodes. Yes, as we always say, new Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, if there's no other final thoughts, the only thing we have to remind you from this clan of four is that. This is the way. This, this is, is the way. way. way.